You know, it's not that I expected them to go 82-0. You can hope for it. You can hope for it. But when they were eventually gonna lose, it was gonna be against the Blackhawks. It was gonna be against the Blackhawks' backup goalie. Oh, you're right. Hey, you went the whole intro without mentioning Connor Bedard once. Ah! I blew it! Let's go! Good. We all feel Stop! good. Stop! Never gets rusty! Get in my kitchen! Producer Drew, can you fix all this? And when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs, you can crumple, crumple, yeet! Saw that going differently. With you, wherever you are, welcome to LFR. Uh, Leafs lose 4-1, then 3-2, then 4-1 again at the hands of the Chicago Blackhawks. That was the worst ending to a game ever. The worst ever. Well, maybe not, maybe not the worst. Definitely not the worst. Wasn't the worst. Dude, there was torture with like a minute left in the game. They said, hey, if this score stands, it'll be the first time Corey Perry has ever scored a game-winning goal against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, when Matthews scored, with like six seconds left, I thought, good! They're gonna lose this game, and Perry won't get the winner, so that's the small victory that I'll take from it. And then they call it back! Which means it was the game winner, and we didn't even get that! Now that loss isn't the end of the world, but we're gonna talk about it, because after all, there's 82 games, and we're trying to improve each and every one of them. Now, there is no sponsor for this video. If you would like to sponsor these videos, uh, you should probably get in touch with us. But I would like to take this opportunity to talk about something else, the Eric Lindros Celebrity Hockey Classic. It's happening again this year. It happens every year. It's a hockey tournament, an actual on-the-ice hockey tournament that I play in. That should tell you something about the level of play. It's actually, it's actually quite good. I'm just, I'm just really bad around it. But the point of the tournament is to help raise money for Easter Seals Ontario, which is a charity that helps out kids with physical disabilities, such as my sister. Uh, we're an Easter Seals family. My family went to Easter Seals camps twice when I was a kid. It's not just the inclusive summer camps that have an inclusive environment. It's also specialized equipment, such as wheelchairs, but certainly not limited to them. People really rely on what Easter Seals Ontario provides and I've seen it firsthand. My family got the benefit from it and now I am trying to pay it back. My friend, you and I have done an amazing job paying it back, I think. I first began in this tournament on a team called Moose Power and I raised something like $4,000 for that team. Then the following year that team disbanded so I became the captain of my own team, Rachel's Raiders, a team that I named after my sister. I recently asked Easter Seals, hey, how much of myself and my teammates raised over the years for Easter Seals Ontario? And they told me, $373,740. Is that because we've always had the biggest and richest donors? No, although if that does fit your description, please feel free to donate, that'd be awesome. But it's been the $20, the 15, the 10s, the fives. Every little bit matters. So if you feel like donating, if you can find it to donate, I know times are hard, link in the description down below. Easter Seals Ontario. I'm only gonna bug you for a few weeks. The tournament is on Friday, November 10th. Isn't that great? Isn't that all the warm and fuzzies? All right, now let's talk about the Leafs! You wanna know when this game ended? Like the, the first time. You, you wanna know when this game ended before it even began? It ended with a tweet. Here it is, here it is right here from Luke Fox Jukebox. He says Chicago's Arvid Soderblom, a career 213 and two goalie. That's great, Luke. Thank you for that. With an 891 save percentage, gets the start in net against the Maple Leafs. Yep, yep, 
Yeah, do, yep. Do you know how predictable? Do you know how producer Drew picked up Arvid Soderblom for his fantasy team? Because he knew! He knew! We all knew. Oh, Connor Bedard's coming to town. How many goals is he gonna rip? How many points? No. No. We just, we all knew we were about to get goalied. But here's the thing. They didn't really get goalied. He was good, but they didn't really get goalied. They just kind of weren't very good. That game, to me, was Brussels sprouts for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, didn't taste very good. It did, Brussels sprouts don't taste very good. But ultimately, it's good for them. Some of you right now are like, what are you talking about? Brussels sprouts do taste good. First of all, no, they're a garbage plant that had to be genetically modified to be palatable to the human tongue. And second of all, do you like Brussels sprouts? Do you? Or, or do you like butter? Hmm? Do you like the butter that's on the- Yeah, you like the butter! Or the vinaigrettes! You like the things that taste like good things on top of the thing that tastes like a bad thing because it is bad! Here's the reason that loss was ultimately good for the Leafs. Uh, how did they win the first game? Uh, they were down 2-0, and then 3-0, and then a review, and then 2-0 again, and they erased that 2-0 deficit, and then they got the lead, and then they blew it and allowed three straight goals, and they were down two again, and they scored uh, two goals with the empty net, and then they ended up winning it in the shootout. Cool. Then, the next game, they get another hat trick from Austin Matthews. I didn't even mention that part. A second consecutive hat trick from Austin Matthews. Only two people since the signing of the Treaty of Versailles have opened a season with back-to-back -back hat tricks, and it's Alex Ovechkin and Austin Matthews. So Ovechkin won the cup the year that he did it hope. And then this game. So to me, it's all very simple. The Leafs scored 12 goals through their first two games, half of which were scored by one player, covering up some bad tendencies from the team in terms of defense, up front, and on the back end. Just horrible. They did zero things to improve upon that very concerning trend and ran out of hat tricks. Despite getting what you could argue was their best goaltending performance of the season so far from Joseph Wall. We can get into the rough stuff a little later. I just want to break down the goals. This is the first one. I mean, what's this? What is this? Like, Reeves is going to get attention because he was on the ice for another one. This would be the third one that he's been on the ice for and we don't need to open that whole kettle of fish or whatever it's called. But like that guy in the corner is the shutdown center. He, he signed a four-year ten million dollar deal. So that's that's pretty cool. Good job over there. And the guy standing directly in front of the shooter is the defenseman who they acquired last year with another year left on his deal to be big and prevent those sort of things from happening! And listen, those are always gonna happen sometimes, except through three games, they always seem to happen right in front of Jake McCabe's face! And if you think I'm overreacting, what about him? He slams his stick on the ice afterwards. He knows that sucked. Now, the first Leaf goal. <laughs> that was stupid. Marge Giordano with a beautiful play up to William Nylander, who just, he's got on his dancing shoes. I mean, he had on his floating shoes on the first goal, but his dancing shoes offensively gets it to John Tavares for his first rip of the year, hooray, and I forget about everything else. The second Blackhawks goal, listen, <laughs> sometimes people make a mistake. Sometimes there are people to blame. You can point the fingers and go, hey, you could do that here, I suppose. You could, you could on every goal. But how about we just appreciate that this guy over here in the corner passed it to this guy who was barely in the frame because the camera could not keep up with the pass. He got a breakaway snipe, it's Corey Perry. Of course it's Corey Perry! 
and it's 2-1 Chicago. And then the third goal, yeah, I know it's the penalty kill, but if Jake McCabe keeps getting turnstiled like this, I'm gonna have to start calling him Dundas Station! Now, underratedly on this play, Fraser Minton was out there killing the penalty, and the Leafs took too many penalties in this game. Matthew Nyes was out there killing the penalty. That is an early season thing uh, that I think the coaching staff is trying out. They're trying guys in different positions. They're trying to see how they do. And listen, we don't know if Fraser Minton's going to be here for nine games or for the whole season. You have to kind of see what he's good at. You have to see what he can do for your team. Because if he's not going to play special teams at all as the third line center, who's sort of not even really your third line center then what's the point of keeping him? You could just let him go back to junior and dominate after getting his NHL taste. Now, Tyler Bertuzzi obviously had a rough one in this one, taking too many penalties. He was a little too chaotic, a little too careless with the stick. I'm trying not to pay too much attention to the numbers because it I, it's three games in. And I was thinking to myself, is, has Tyler Bertuzzi struggled? Then of course, Kevin Papetti, one of my favorite Twitter accounts, yes, I'm still calling it Twitter, posted that Tyler Bertuzzi actually leads the Leafs in expected goals percentage while he's on the ice. Which, I mean, makes sense. He's on the ice with Matthews and Marner. Yeah. Yeah. But Bertuzzi, and along with a few other Leafs, you could point at and say they had a tough night because of what they did. There was a player who I'm starting to get a little concerned about who you could point at for what he didn't do, Max Domi, man. It's the third game. They've already changed his line. They they put Yarncroke up there, who even he didn't have the greatest game. Uh, Max Domi relegated to the third line with Mitten and Nyes. Like, this is really disappointing because Domi struggled through the first two games. He's playing against Chicago. I really thought he was going to be shot out of a cannon to play his former team. Sheldon Keefe limited that guy to 11 and a half minutes of ice time on home ice. The Blackhawks! Max Domi is not a defensive specialist. Like, the Leafs were losing this game for most of the final 40 minutes, and he was barely out there because he didn't really deserve to be out there. And again, one year, $3 million. He wants to be a Leaf for a long time. He does bring some things. I, I like, I understand that. I expect him to be better than this. It, Go back and look at how he was with the Dallas Stars during the playoffs. He is better than this, but he definitely has not found his thing with this team yet at all. With the team going out on the road, I'm not exactly sure what I'd try, but why not something like Domi, Minton, Yarncroke, and then you can move Nyes up with Tavares and Nylander. Not even like Nyes had the greatest game either. And despite having a really good first couple games, in my opinion, Oh, John Klingberg, man. You gotta give the Chicago Blackhawks credit. Like, I, I don't think it was necessarily that Klingberg had the worst game, but the Blackhawks had a game plan to neutralize him, and they neutralized the hell out of him, and he wasn't really able to do anything to stop him. Wasn't great in his defensive end. We sort of knew that was gonna happen, but, like, when you're getting shut down in the offensive end, when, when they're taking away your time and space at the points, now what do you do here? Listen, it's never good to lose, but like the Leafs have played three games like this and they finally weren't rewarded for it. You know what I mean? Questions. There were some really good ones. This one came in during like the second period. Would Zaitsev be the best net front presence on the Leafs defense today? Uh, hmm. Hmm. Okay, so the answer is no, but I'm trying to, like, it's not a the fact I even have to think about it, it's just not a big enough gap. Like, here's the thing. The, the Leafs defenders are, like, better at doing other stuff. Zaitsev, at this point in his career, is kind of cooked. But, like, dude, they're awful. 
They're awful. And I think Brad for Living is going to lose his patience pretty quick. Like, yep, here it is. Here's the question. So who's gone in that November trade for better D? Yeah, uh, I'm trying to figure out how they can add to this decor without also subtracting from it. Because outside of trading, like, who are they going to trade? They're going to trade William Nylander? I don't think so. So who's another forward who makes money? Um... David Kampf, good luck. Uh, Kelly Yarncroak, I, I don't think so. So you're going to have to move off D, which means you're going to have to move off of Lilgren. Probably. Maybe. Unless, is it Brody? Is Brody a fine defenseman, but just not what the Leafs need? Like, could TJ Brody be moved by Brad Treliving? Maybe. I'd be very curious to see who they bring back. Obviously someone bigger. Uh, Lilgren... At 1.4, is that really going to move the needle? I don't know. McCabe, does that solve any issues? I don't really think so. John Klingberg, I mean, he just got here. So I don't think so. And you might say, well, Jake McCabe just got here. Yes, but not as recently because he was brought here by the last guy, Kyle Dubas. Brad for Living did not bring McCabe onto this team. I think this league is going to be surprisingly active in November. And I could see Brad for Living being one of the most active guys because... They're just no good on the back end, dude. What's the over-under on the percentage of your nightmares Corey Perry features in at this point? Uh, a surprisingly low percent, uh, because Corey Perry has never played for the Boston Bruins or been a Leafs employee! The Leafs are so good at offside challenges. Do they have a back room full of psychics in tubs of water like Minority reports? They do, actually, yes. I saw them while on a tour of Scotiabank Arena, and they're actually allowed to do that because it doesn't count under the salary cap. This from a Blackhawks fan, if it helps, Soderblom is actually a good young goalie, and his stats are warped severely by being on a lottery team that's included the likes of Jack Johnson, Jared Tenorti, Nikita Zaitsev, who the Leafs lost to tonight, and a slew of other messy defensemen. Yeah, I, I know he's going to be fine, and I know at the beginning of the video I called him Chicago's backup goalie. This isn't a slight against Peter Morazic, but uh, uh, Soderblom could be Chicago's full-time starter by, like, Christmas. You ever get tired of all the hockey in between reviews? But um, cha That was a- are you, are you expecting, man? That was a good dad joke. Ooh, and let's end with this one. Forget these guys, man. How was your Monday, Steve? How's the family? Monday was great. It was lovely. Uh, got to wake up feeling victorious because yesterday on the Warehouse Games uh, John Boy Media Channel, they showed my team in the floorball tournament winning our first game. That's the last video on this channel. If you want to see my review of that game, I did LFR style videos uh, for that game and for the upcoming games that we have. Uh, we recorded a podcast today. I thought it was very good. I got to see Jesse and Adam's shining faces. Um, oh, and then I had a great conversation with my son, Leo. Um, it, and <laughs> it's so cute. What he said was, Daddy, I hope everyone donates to your Easter Seals page. And I said, I said, oh, Leo, really? He, go, he goes, yeah. And if they don't, I'm going to be really sad. And I said... Oh, well, like, not everyone can, can donate, Leo. He cried for 45 minutes. Okay. So, anyway, uh, link is down below in the description. Um, you know, if you don't want to make a three-year-old cry. It's, it's, it's up to you. It's up to you. But for now, that is it for this one. Thank you very much for watching. Click like if you like this video. Click subscribe if you really liked it. Tell your friends. He, he didn't really cry.
Um, he uh, he called me a uh, pickle. He thinks that's the funniest thing ever. It is. Pickle's a really funny word if you're three. And now. <laughs>